You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. And I know I was going to talk today about doing that mock draft thing, seeing where the A&M players land, because of it is important. And we're still going to do that episode, but did anybody else read about the Super League of College Football? And if you did, you know why this episode is so important. Texas A&M was not mentioned. Guys, we're really going to do this again? Alright, let's explain it. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, the Super League. Everyone's heard about the story, right? Okay, so on Sunday this past week, the Super League came out with their own European football. So what that means is they're creating their own league different than anything else. It's going to be the Premier League self-styled Big Six clubs all agree to join. They also have proposals backed by Italian club Juventus, uh, AC Milan, Inter Milan, in addition to Spain's Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, England is the country with the most signed this far with Manchester United, who uh, they did back out, I believe, or they're trying to, Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal, and Tottenham. So they're going to be their own league right now. So Andy Staples, the athletic, kind of did something very, very interesting. And you know what? I actually think it's a beautiful concept. Um, let's just get this out of the way. Andy Staples is, in my opinion, a very smart writer. I do think that there are things that he does right that people over-exaggerate. And they think, oh, it's award-winning stuff. And it's not. It's good, but it's not like this, this difficult change of thing. So, he made his own Super League of college football powerhouses. Now, again, it really is interesting because of you look at just how the team is... And it's based off of his own beliefs. So he put 15 teams. And what he said was, this is the part that drives people crazy about the current system of the Power 5 and Group of 5 conferences. And it would only be magnified at this point. So he picked 15 teams that he believed were the best teams out there. Alabama was number one. And you can't argue that one. Auburn number two. Clemson. All right, well, I mean, that's a kind of a given. Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Nebraska. I'm going to pause on that one and let you just think that one out for a second. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, Texas, and USC. We're really going to do this. All right. So, again, let's just start off with the big one. 
In the past four seasons, Nebraska's ranked 16 and 28. They haven't had a winning season since the last days of Mike Riley and the hiring of Scott Frost. But again, it matters because of, of course, legacy and what Tom Osborne did for the Cornhuskers back in the 80s and the 90s. He also actually calls out Texas A&M by name. You might also know that Texas A&M, with a massive passionate fan base, is heavily populated football crazy fan state site, was left out of the list. That's because it was the most difficult omission, and it happened to be because we needed at least one more West Coast team to ensure that the league didn't essentially ignore an entire region of the country. Had Texas A&M won anything of consequences in the past 20 years, the Aggies would have been impossible to leave out of the league. But Oregon, which established itself as one of the coolest programs in college football, with two national title game appearances since 2010, got the spot over the Aggies would have gotten. Let's be honest, Texas A&M fans shouldn't be the only furious ones here. Here are fans of Wisconsin, Michigan State, Florida State, Iowa, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas, uh, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and Washington all should be incised. Uh, they also are loyal, passionate to create college football atmospheres. Plus, they all have enjoyed at least a measure of on-field success in the past 20 years. Heck, Florida State won a national title, and Michigan State and Washington have been to the college football playoff. Ten years ago, Tennessee would have made this list instead of Clemson. But the tough decision must be made when creating an exclusive club that can essentially print money. All the schools on this list understand that because of they're in the comfy side of the velvet rope. And some of the programs on this side exactly have done enough to earn, which places them in the spot of the VIP. What are we talking about? Are we really doing this? Like, come on, Andy. If this is money, and I get it, I get money. I do. If this is money, you do realize Texas A&M handed a coach who won that national title for Florida State, handed him a $75 million salary for 10 years. By the way, how much of that is guaranteed? All of it. They just threw it at him. Hey, Jimbo, you want to leave Florida and come to Flatland College Station? Eh, not really. What if we gave you all this money? Okay, I'll get on the flight. Guaranteed. Do you know why they were able to give him that money? Because the fan base at Texas A&M has been so star-spangled fantastic for the last decade of mediocrity in average football that they were able to go get an expensive hire. So if we're talking money standpoint at this, where does Texas A&M fall short? Seriously, and I'm not trying to be like overreactive here because of, again, I get where people are saying Texas A&M needs to be left out. There's an argument to leave Texas A&M out. You can't say it's because of money. That's the difference. You look... The Aggies have reported at least $190 million in average revenue for the past five consecutive years and more than $200 million in average revenue for the past three years. They've had over $485 million of renovation to Kyle Field since 2015. I mean, before in 2015. They've invested all this money in their weight room, in the facilities, in getting better coaching, in getting better athletics, in getting better programming, in getting better weight rooms, in getting better facilities. Because of it's about money. 
because of if you can get the right kids in the system, and I'm sorry, I'm going to be completely honest on this. If you don't think recruiting is also a business, it's a business. Because of when you get the right recruits, when you offer to the kid who's going to be a five-star potential number one overall pick, it drives fans into the seats. Because if he's from Denton, they're going to drive down to College Station to watch him play. So it adds money. It adds revenue. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But everything in life is about money. That's where we are as a country today. It's about greed, and greed is good. Greed is great, if you really want to break it down. But Texas A&M does all of this in the last five years. And we're going to talk about money. And that's the reason. It has been a long, long day for me, guys. It has been a long day for me. But you're kidding if your excuse is, oh, money. Nah, that's not how it works. One thing that I do like, though, is money, and I do like to save money as much as possible. But whenever I have to go into the shop and go get something fixed in my car, I usually have to pay a service fee, a shipping fee to get the parts sent over because my car is European, and an installment fee. Now, sometimes I get why I have to do that, but there's other parts that I can just do myself for a fraction of the price. But where do I get the part? Simple. I go visit rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to taillights to brake pads to anything you could need in their unique universal catalog that helps you navigate through each and every single step of the way. Plus, they have low, low prices that will always match or beat the competitors each day. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how to hear about section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, 25 minutes is all you need to get caught up on everything in the realm of sports, and I can help you do that. Well, okay, so I won't actually help you, but Peter Bukowski and the Locked On Today podcast will. Peter breaks down all major things in the sporting realm, including the college football breaking news, the NFL draft, and of course the NBA season entering its final stretch. Subscribe on the Odyssey channel or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Okay, so again, today we're talking about this Super League thing. Listen, again, Andy Staples, mass respect to him. He's been doing this forever. Any young journalist would love to learn under Andy Staples because he's done such a phenomenal job covering college football in a unique variety of different ways at so many different outlets. But I have problems with his Super League list. Now, again, this is one of those times where I think that you have to include everything going on. That means not just winners and losers and regions, and I get how you do because if, if he's going based off the Super League list where it is for... Uh, you know, for the European League, just think about this. There's six teams from England. There's three from Spain. There's two from Italy, if I'm not mistaken, or three from uh, three from Italy. So you have six from two different countries, and you have six from one country. And maybe you get that up to 16. So in Andy's list, again, he had, I believe, 15 programs. And by the end, we're going to go through my 16. I'm going to do 16. I'm going to have four in each in each conference, and the four will battle it out, and that will be your one, two, three, and four for your college football playoff. 
you play, you know, 12 games a year, but I, I still think that that would be how it's done. So Sam Khan of The Athletic also wrote a fabulous article. Sam is a phenomenal person. I've talked to him multiple times. He's a good dude. And more importantly, he's a great Texan and he understands Texas sports more than probably anyone else out there. And he wrote this fabulous piece on why Texas A&M needs to be in the Super League. And one thing he did say was, it is on normal circumstances, 100,000 plus Aggie fans packed inside a Kyle Field, including of upwards of 30,000 students. And on top of all of that, on top of those students that go to those games, those tailgates outside those games. In a, I would say, less than a mile radius, you have over 300,000 people at times. Standing around, parked cars, all ready to watch AM play. All ready to hear the war hymn, all ready to see the 12th man run out of the tunnel, all ready to watch the maroon and white kick a team's keister. Last season, Nick Saban said that he wished Bryant Denny was more like Kyle Field. I can relate to this. I am like the one person at Texas A&M and at Alabama who can relate to this. I 100% can. So anyone else out there who goes, oh, well, what does that mean? No, I know exactly what Nick Saban's talking about. The competition that Alabama faces year in and year out, usually it's about two games. There's two games a year. The Iron Bowl, LSU, and maybe one other game. It's two games a year. Fans will not leave the stands. It will be jam-packed. You cannot move. You cannot breathe in the fan, in the stands, for hours from start to finish. You will be jam-packed in. Why is that important? Because of the other seven, eight, six games, whatever it is, that's left. Halftime, the stadium's half empty. And it's because it's a blowout. It's because it's over. AM fans, it may be because the game is closer, or maybe it's because of the fandom. But they stay in the stands at all times. This past season, at 25% capacity, Dan Mullen said, I want to upgrade to 50% in Florida. Why? Because of if we pack the swamp, we get an advantage. They truly believed that if that stadium would have been played flipped in Gainesville, Florida would have won that game against Texas A&M. A&M would have lost. And you know what? They're probably not wrong. But that's the reason why. You want to act like you're a big boy. You want to act like you were part of this big, massive mantra of, you know, of talent and potential. Cool. A&M's done that. I mean, they have. And this isn't to say that Alabama has. And Alabama 100% has. They've just done it in a different way. They also are a champion. And when you're a champion, you kind of get the pass the belt, I guess I would say. The biggest thing with A&M is that they haven't been to a conference championship since 1998. And they haven't participated in a league championship game since then either. So basically, they haven't been to the SEC championship. They haven't been to the Big 12 championship. And they've just kind of been around. They haven't won anything since 1998. They haven't gone since 1998. That's 22 years. So I get that. I get that from Andy's perspective, at least. I, like, I would say that. But here's the thing that does make sense. There were schools that made the cut, and Sam points this out in the article, that were historic programs, that were the coup de grace of football, that were 
the biggest names, the stars, the... Yeah, that. When you look at the records, Texas A&M, in the same span of all these other teams, is 84 and 43. During that same span, Michigan is 80 and 42. Florida is 81 and 45. Auburn is 79 and 50. Rival Texas is 73 and 53. And Nebraska is 68 and 55. And everyone can say, oh yeah, well the Aggies play nobody. You know who else plays nobody? Everyone plays nobody. There's like three to four games a year where you play nobody. And the level of competition, here's what I mean by this. Put Mississippi State in the ACC, watch what happens. Maybe two losses, maybe Notre Dame, and um, yeah, Clemson, maybe Miami, like three. They still somehow managed to go eight and four half the time in the SEC. You don't think that they're going to be able to do that in the ACC? So you can't really say that. When looking at Power 5 competition, the Aggies are 55 and 43 in the past 10 years. That's a better winning percentage at 56% than Texas, who's been 60 and 51, at, at which is um, 5.41%. Uh, Auburn, which is at 51%. And Nebraska, who comes in at 48 and 52, at 48%. So the, the argument is AM doesn't win enough games. That argument's gone. Because if they have more wins in the last 10 years than Michigan, Auburn, Texas, Nebraska, and I believe Florida, they have a better winning percentage than Texas, Auburn, and Nebraska. And let's be also real on this. Clemson's here because Tennessee's out. Tennessee would be here if this was 2010. They're the new Tennessee. And I get that. I do. But at the same time, who is the new Michigan? Who's the new Michigan? Because it isn't Michigan. If we're going to go ahead and just go, oh yeah, Michigan's great. No, they're not. No, they're not. Like, I'm sorry. The way that I look at it is that you have to be a multi-talented double-digit win season. Well, okay. Let's give it this out of the way. They are technically because they've won at least 10 games four times since 2011. They're also 2-2 two and two in those big bowl games when 10 wins or more. 2018, they have a loss in the Peach Bowl. In 2016, they have a loss in the Orange Bowl. In 2015, they have a win in the Citrus Bowl. So, not a New Year's Six Bowl game. And by the way, they were 9-3 and three on the year. That 10th win came with the regular season. Then, they won the Sugar Bowl against Louisville in 2011. Do you get my point here? Like, do you get what I'm saying Yeah, it's great that they're there. The last time that Michigan had a full double-digit win season was 2018. Before that, it was 2011. They've coasted by since, but they're Michigan, and this is Texas A&M. And that, my friends, is the problem with the situation. More than just the problem with the situation of who's going to be in the Super League or not, the biggest problem is who should the San Francisco 49ers draft at number three. And you can probably bet on which quarterback you like the most and how their odds play in their favor. 
But when you do make that bet, make sure you use the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best bets, the best lines, and the best buyouts every single day when you use their code at BetOnline underscore AG on social media. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. When you use the promo code Locked On, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysts from NFL experts including Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of the NFL. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, news that matters to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. So we're talking about how this Super League would happen and how AM was left out. Okay, so if we're going to play this fair and we're going to do this exactly the way that Andy Staples did. And again, I'm not bashing Andy. I want to make that abundantly clear. I don't agree with Andy's analogy of the situation, but I'm not going to sit here and say that Andy's wrong for saying how he did it. Because of what he did was he just picked teams based off location. So let's go ahead and pick teams just based off location. If we're going to do this fairly. So number one, immediately, I think we have to include Alabama. Because Alabama right now is the national title. They've been, you know, nothing but consistent since coming out of, you know, the Nick Saban era. In the past 13 years, you find them more in the college football playoff than you do find anybody else looking for a cookie. I mean, they're just that consistent. They're multiple double-digit win seasons every year. If they lose more than two games a season, it's a lost year. It just doesn't happen. So they're 100% in. I have to include Clemson in this because Clemson also continuously finds a way to go to the college football playoff, number one. And number two, they produce so much NFL talent and they've developed into the new Tennessee. I believe at some point Clemson is going to fall off the wagon. I don't know if it'll be after the Jimbo Fisher era. I don't know. I mean, not the Jimbo Fisher era, my bad. The Dabo Sweeney era. I don't know if it will be after all these other teams are starting to get better, like North Carolina, like Miami comes back. But I do wonder, what about that? What about that? Are we going to not include that? But right now, you have to include them in there. I think you really have to include them in there because unfortunately, that's just the way it is. The next team I'd throw in there, for me personally, would be USC. USC is that consistent team out West that everyone talks about. They still find number, they still find ways to be top 10 in recruiting. They still find ways to produce top-level talent at the next level. And they still are one of the better Pac-12 teams. So I got to include a West team. So they're immediately in the conversation. Let's go to the Eastern region. Ohio State. Ohio State is consistent. They, they, they flawlessly made the transition from Jim Trestle. They had one down year with Luke Fickle as the head coach. To Urban Meyer. Won a national title. Ryan Day takes over. Nothing changes. They're still finishing top five in recruiting. They're still doing a good job at producing NFL talent. And more than that, they also recently played as the runner-up to Alabama. And they beat Clemson. So I cannot exclude them from the conversation. Those are the four. Let's start picking around those four. If I'm going to go in the Alabama section, right below them, I would go LSU. And here's why I go LSU. Because LSU is a national title 
uh, they just won a national title in 2019. They consistently produce top five recruiting classes. They consistently produce NFL talent. They may not always beat Alabama, but they consistently produce talent. So I have to include them in that list. After that, I'm just going to say region by region, I go Georgia. Georgia is another school that consistently finds themselves in the SEC championship, double-digit win seasons, and more than any of that, they find themselves in a great spot to always land top recruiting classes. They're in the heartland of the Southeastern region, and Kirby Smart has done a good job in recruiting. So I got to keep them in the conversation. Next, I go Texas A&M. Texas A&M consistently is bringing in money. They're consistently bringing in top-level recruits, and they went out and they paid to go get their head coach. In a Super League, if we're talking about money, and we're talking about wins, and we're talking about level of talent, based off recruiting classes under Jimbo Fisher, and based off of overall production, Texas A&M is in that list. And after that, I go Florida. Florida, they've been up and down, but the one thing I will say is that they consistently produce top-level recruiting classes in top 10, and they consistently send players to the NFL. That's competition that I want to see every Saturday. So that's it for me in the SEC. Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M. That's five. All right, let's go out west. USC 100% gets gets that bid. I do go Oregon. Oregon brings in a ton of money because of Nike. They bring in a ton of money because of the deal that they have with the uniforms. They do have a good fan base, and they consistently find themselves, if not number one, number two in the Pac-12. You can't rule them out. I'm going to add one more team to that list, and I think some people are going to be a little freaked out by it, and a lot of people are going to be a little annoyed at it. But Washington has done a good job producing NFL talent with guys like Chris Peterson, Steve Sarkeesian, and more than just that, They've done a good job contending in the Pac-12. Washington a few years ago was a no-name team that nobody ever talked about. Now they're a team that's constantly finding themselves either number two or number three, and they bring in good revenue. And they cover the Pacific Northwest. So you have a team in California, you have a team in Oregon, and you have a team in Washington. Those are my three teams. I have to include all three. Oregon, USC, and Washington. I'm at eight. I'm halfway done. Let's go ahead and go to the Heartland area. You have to include Texas. You do. Texas brings in way too much money. Texas now has a head coach in Steve Sarkeesian that I do believe is going to work. More than that, they have an entire network dedicated to their own station. You have to include them. Texas is in there. They may be a below average team. They may have been underachieving for the last decade, but you have to include them. Andy is 100% right on that. I also include Oklahoma. If we're talking just straight wins, Oklahoma is one of the most winningest programs in the last decade. And their transition from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley, flawless. Fantastic. You have nothing to complain about. You have to include them. We're now at 10. We're now at 10 teams. Do I include anyone else in the Big 12? At this point, I look through my list. I'm not sure I can. I like Kansas State. I like Oklahoma State. They haven't done enough to win anything. A team I would consider would be Iowa over both of them. And a team I would also consider is Iowa over Nebraska. So Nebraska, you take out. Instead, I'm going to go against the grain. 
Notre Dame 100% is in. Blue Blood School, they have made the college football playoff twice in the last four years. And they're a team that, even though they don't play anybody, did this year. And they beat Clemson. And they're a team that still somehow doesn't have to always worry about recruiting. They worry about what they do on campus. Brian Kelly has done a fantastic job as a coach and as a leader of this team. And he does not get the respect he deserves. We're on 11. I'm going to keep Penn State in there for right now because Penn State under James Franklin has won a lot of games. They've done a good job. Last season, they had a down year. They did. They had a very down year. But overall, they have done a fantastic job keeping the program alive. Oh, and by the way, I'm at 13. I just realized because I didn't include Clemson in that. But I got to keep Penn State in for right now because it it gets the East Coast covered. I'm going to keep the Heartland in there. I'm throwing Wisconsin in. I'm sorry. People don't include Wisconsin in anything. And it actually infuriates me how we don't include Wisconsin. Because when you look at Wisconsin as a whole, they are one of the most consistent teams in college football. They have Paul Chris as a coach. They don't have one of these big-time names. Let's see. Uh, 2019, 10 wins. 2017, 13 wins. 2016, 11 wins. 2015, 10 wins. 2014, 11 wins. Uh, 2013, 9 wins. 8 wins. 11 wins. 11 wins. 10 wins since 2010. With Brett Bielema, Gary Anderson for one year, and Paul Christ. Paul Christ, the guy who really wanted the job. I'm sorry. Have we just forgotten that they are not a team? That they're not a team that's, one, winning and meeting all the qualifications? Yeah, that's not going to sit well with me. You want to throw Nebraska in there because Nebraska is a blue blood. You want to throw Texas in there because Texas has won something. You got to throw at least Wisconsin there because of not only do they meet part of the heartland area, they also have the wins to back it up. Let's go to the last two. Um, you know, this was tough. But, dang it. I can't believe I'm going to I'm going to throw Michigan in there only because I want the rivalry between Ohio State. Like, I want that rivalry with Ohio State. I think that would be an awesome game. That's the only reason they're in there. They, they finish okay in recruiting, but they don't deserve it. And, and they are the 15. They, are, they would be my 15 seed. They would be one of the very last teams to keep in. And we talk about how I'm going to add a 16th team. And when I look at what has been done, This is the hardest one. But I'm keeping them in there for one reason and one reason alone. The double-digit wins of the 2010s. So that seems Florida State. My final team that I was choosing between was Miami and Florida State. Miami has been inconsistent. They've had a couple good seasons under Mark Rick. They had their one 10-win season, a couple 9-win seasons, a couple 8-win seasons. With Jimbo Fisher down in... Tallahassee, and in Bobby Bowden's last year. Or, I mean, in Jimbo Fisher's first year. My bad. 10 wins. They had 10 wins, 9 wins, 12 wins, 14 wins, 13 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins. With Jimbo Fisher on staff, they had one season where they did not have double-digit wins. Two, my bad. Uh, the 2000 and, I believe it was 11 season at 9-4. and four, And, yeah, the 2017 season. That was it. I can't take them out. Because if they have the win total. And they also have a national title. So there you have it. Those would be my teams. My divisions. How I would do it in the Super League. For the West. It would be USC. Washington. Oregon. 
and I'm going to throw wild one in there. I'm going to throw Texas in there because it, it just, to me, makes the most sense. In my southern region, it would be Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Alabama, and LSU. In my eastern region, this is the tough one. This is where it's like, really, do I have to do it this way? It would be Florida, Florida State, Georgia, and Penn State. And in my heartland region, it would be Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Wisconsin. That's how I would do it. If we're talking Super League, we're talking fair, we're talking money, we're talking all that, that's how I would do it. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, yes, now we will go ahead and do that exact thing that I was telling you about, doing the broadcast of how Texas A&M and their players for the 2021 class, where they rank on all of these mock drafts. We'll be breaking that down. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.